Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time to grab your board and ride along as we swim out into those turbulent times. That's Choppy Sea with the man who's like Popeye the Sailor. He can get through anything. Matt Hines. Boy, no one has ever compared me to Popeye. I do. <laughs> I have developed a love for spinach. I don't know about you, Paul. I feel like as I get older, I feel like I am slowly starting to enjoy food that as a kid I didn't love. Oh, isn't that the truth? I, I couldn't stand anything that was green when I was a kid. Forget it. I just wanted meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. But now I really love, I hate to say it, I'm a salad eater and all that stuff. Oh, I used to really be I'm proud of my sandwich-making skills now my salad making skills have also <laughs> upgraded one of my secrets for both of those and we may have talked about this in the past episode, salting your salad salting your salad what is my i at minimum do like a lowry's or a seasoned salt just to give wow. it a little kick recently i found a uh, it's a product called musket powder and there's three different types. <laughs> musket powder that's musket not... powder it's a seasoning it's a black owned business and it's like its primary ingredients are salt brown sugar and coffee grounds Ooh. Wow. Like coffee granules, right? Musket and so, powder. And it is, you can put it on everything. I've even seen, I've heard of people that actually put it on the rim of their light beer, their lager beer, to give it <laughs> a little extra flavor as well. But back to the weird food. Yeah. People logging in for the They're first like, time. They're like, I thought this I, was I, a sales show. This is I a, a cooking show. <laughs> no, the food, like things like Dijon mustard. Oh, right. yeah. As a kid, couldn't stand it. Oh, now, wouldn't even it. look at things it. like Brussels sprouts. As a kid, couldn't stand it. Now, you crisp up some Brussels sprouts in the oven. It's potato chips. They're phenomenal. Yeah, uh, restaurants are serving them all over the place here down in Southern California. French, uh, like sort of lightly fried Brussels sprouts. Well, your yep. guest is going to have to come in and give us her uh, connoisseur, her tips for. Uh, she's going to have to spice up the conversation with some ideas of her own here. Well, I know that our guest today, you know, we I feel bad because I haven't been able to see her in a long time. We used to get together periodically for a nice adult beverage, and we haven't done that. So I have to get her on to Sales Pipeline Radio to get a chance to talk to her. She's been crazy busy. But first of all, welcome, everyone. This is Sales Pipeline Radio. This is not an eating show, although one of my favorite, one of my favorite food-related podcasts is called The Sporkful. The Sporkful, uh, okay. The Sporkful, and its its tagline is "We're not for foodies, we're for eaters." And I love that. <laughs> it's just, it's, and it just go, it just gets better from there. Anyway, this is Sales Pipeline Radio. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. If you are joining us on the Funnel Media Radio Network, thank you for joining us live. In the middle of your workday, we are here every week at 11.30 Pacific, 2.30 Eastern. If you're joining us on the podcast and the, uh, you've subscribed or downloaded this episode, thank you so much. Uh, we've, uh, As a lot of podcasts have grown this year, our numbers have just continued to skyrocket and very, very honored and humbled that all of you have made us uh, a part of your rotation. And every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, always available past, present, and future on Sales Pipeline Radio. Dot com, But I want to get right into it. We've got a lot of cool things to talk about with our guest today. She is the chief marketing officer for Egencia, Wendy White, just down the hill from me here in sunny Seattle. Wendy, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm sitting here in beautiful Issaquah, Washington, checking out the Issaquah Alps, which are the mountains just uh, east of Seattle. And glad to be with you today. Well, thank you for joining us. You are so close to some of the best hiking in the seattle area i think between rattlesnake ridge mailbox peak you got the big sign little sigh um it's just it's an amazing area especially we're into our short seattle summer like we are in this it's high 70s all week blue skies like this is we we go through the big dark to get to this time and i don't know about you like it's one of the advantages of working from home more often now is that i feel like i'm not traveling i'm not commuting so i have more time to enjoy being outside in this short seattle summer 
Well, you picked one of my favorite things to do outside work, which is to get out with my two dogs and hike. And you named a bunch of my favorites. You left off Poo Poo Point, which is right outside my window. I can see it uh, where the paragliders jump off and sail right by my window often while I'm in a meeting. But yes, I do love our Seattle summers and feels like it's coming to an end. I'm uh, already starting to feel the chill in the air. So fall is usually my favorite season, and it, it still is. I think I might be missing college football this year, but like I'm looking out the window of my sort of basement here, and I can see a, a tree that usually is all green is starting to get just a little bit red, and I'm, I'm just hoping that holds off for a little bit longer. But but let's talk shop a little bit. You have been uh, chief marketing officer for Egencia, which is part of the Expedia Group, for almost three years now. And we've talked in the past, I think, on the show about just the amazing transformation you've done in the organization, the global marketing sort of unity you've created, creating a lot more focus, transparency, and alignment across the team, which is all great until people stop traveling for business. <laughs> so was excited to have yeah. you on today just to talk about the last few months. I mean, as a marketing leader, not only in travel, but in B2B travel, this has been an interesting year. Share a little bit about like what it was like, you know, mid-March as the you-know-what started hitting the fan. Like, what was that like internally for you? Well, you can imagine when um, almost 100% of your customers over a course of two to three weeks have to stop traveling completely, you know, cancel 100% of their upcoming trips. And for many, when the borders first closed down, figure out where their employees were around the globe and figure out how to get them home safely. Um, mm-hmm. That was what I would, you know, really consider probably one of the most intense periods of my career. As an organization, you know, Agencia is incredibly customer focused. So you can probably imagine all of us jumped right in. There were a lot of 12 on, 12 off handoffs. Everybody was stepping in to man the phones with our travel consultants who were working around the clock, um, answering calls, rerouting people, getting folks home, but also just communicating. There was so much unknown about what was happening. I mean, I don't think, you know, it's clear in retrospect, none of us has faced anything like what we went through in that period. Just the sheer number of border changes, sheer number of changes coming from the airlines, the car rental agencies, the rail uh, stopping and starting, you know, we had to really just shift into crisis comms overdrive right in that first period. And I think in retrospect, I look back and I, I think, wow, that is a time when you really know uh, what kind of people you have around you. You start to see the shining lights of just dedication and passion and commitment from the folks around you. And of course, Everybody went through that and faced a little um, burnout mode coming out of it, but it really brought the group together, together as a team. There's no doubt. Yeah, it is interesting as we talk to a lot of CMOs that are sort of, you know, many of them are in quite the same industry you're in where you guys have really sort of faced a ton of adversity, but it is a bit of a crucible for bringing teams together, uh, bringing marketing teams together towards a common purpose, bringing executive teams closer together because you're kind of forced to sort of put aside sort of the more sort of tactical, maybe petty differences and really sort of fight for the soul and the future of the company. Like, did you find that that existed not only within your team, but with your peers on the leadership team as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's it's, uh, kind of uh, put the customer at the center and then, frankly, also put the employees at the center, right? People are going through some big transformational experiences in their life. So the working from home, the dealing with their kids being home, 
trying to support their families, be it uh, elder care, whatever it might be. So uh, employees and customers became front and center and everything else just falls away. And, you know, what I would say also is the frontline salespeople and the the SDRs, they had to go through a big transformational period right then as well. Really trying to understand what should I be saying? Should I be dialing a prospect? Should I not be dialing a prospect? How do I back off? What's relevant during this period? So everybody had a little stress in their job, no matter what their job was inside the company. We certainly went through a period I'll never forget, you know, sort of that mid to late March where, you know, you're literally just as as the world shuts down, you know, saying, like, is it ethical to sell right now? I mean, I have things that I think people still need, but we're all just in shell shock of what's going on. And I feel like we then kind of went into this era of, okay, started to realize this is going to be around for a while. And then as, as B2B sellers, we often saw a little bit of a compassionate urgency, you know, to get back to saying, listen, like, we're going to not be able to just hunker down and sort of hope this all happens without our help. Like, as business leaders, we're going to have to figure out how to lead through this. How would a transition like that look like inside of Egencia? And how did you help the team learn how to lead your customers, lead your prospects, really sort of be sort of a voice of leadership and thought leadership to help us all figure out how to get through this together? I would say, in retrospect, it seems really obvious what we should have done. And I think almost what we did. But at the time, you did really feel like you were feeling your way through it. I mean, I hate to say it, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of what happened after 9-11 when all of us were taking a pause on how do we market and talk to our clients and our customers during that period. Having lived and marketed through that era, maybe I applied some of that, which is really bring your empathy to the fore and start putting yourself in the shoes of those customers. So we absolutely did pause We paused a lot of our outbound. We took a real hard look and said, anything that doesn't feel relevant right now, let's pause. And so that went all the way from early prospect comms all the way through day-to-day comms to our kind of B2B2C audience, which is for us, our travelers. We put pause on everything. And then we slowly started to evaluate and say, okay, what message is changing right now? What do clients and prospects need to hear. And we decided for us that the best thing that we could do was be a source of information and education. During that kind of March through, I'd probably say May, even beginning of June period, we decided we were going to dramatically ramp up the information we were putting into the marketplace. So the client training sessions, webinars, you know, new kind of white papers or safety checklists, whatever we could do to package information that we thought our key buying audience and then our key engagement audience needed to hear. And I'm going to say, I talked to on a few B2B marketing councils, including the one that you've set up, Matt. And what I heard from many other B2B leaders is they did the same, right? They really focused on that engagement education. And for us, it really paid off in terms of being a credible voice during that period and it paid off in terms of engagement. A webinar that might have gotten in 250 or 300 folks in January would easily get 1,700 or 2,000 during that March through June period because the thirst for information and sense of normalcy and understanding what their peers were going through or what the best practices was was really out there, like navigating through uncertainty. Yeah, and I appreciate that. We're talking to Wendy White today. She's the chief marketing officer for Egencia within the Expedia Group. And I think, you know, certainly what you mentioned is sort of we've heard echoed through a lot of B2B companies that, you know, have really doubled down on 
creating great content, creating engagement, and you know, really creating community with their customers. And that may not convert into immediate business, but we've already seen many brands sort of be able to convert that community and that loyalty into brand preference, into sort of shorter sales cycles even, when people are saying, listen, you're already a company and a brand that I trust and believe in, and you're someone that I want to spend more time with. We got to take a quick break, pay some bills here. We'll be back with more with Wendy White, the Chief Marketing Officer for Egencia, talking about the future of B2B travel and the B2B travel industry. We're going to talk about some surprising exponential changes and talk a little bit about military intelligence. We'll be right back on Sales Pipeline Radio. CMOs and marketing leaders have the increasingly complex task of effectively communicating marketing's value to their CEO and board. And as today's markets face growing uncertainties, the need for clear, consistent, and predictable communication will only continue to grow. How do they do it? Read the new research report on marketing's role in the boardroom from Drift, G2, and Heinz Marketing. Get it now at drift.com slash alignment. That's drift, D-R-I-F-T dot com slash alignment. And now back to Matt and his guests. And before you do, you know, I'm old enough to remember George Carlin's famous line, military intelligence is a contradiction in terms. I appreciate the joke, but I don't know if you, you probably don't know this, Paul. Our guest today spent 12 years in the Army. She was a military intelligence officer. She speaks Russian. Oh. And so two things for you, Wendy, on that one. I mean, obviously, thank you for your service for doing that for us. And also, I'm curious, as you go through moments of adversity, like as an individual, as a leader, as a business are there things you can pull from your military training experience that sort of help you, help guide you through years like this? Oh, yeah. You know, in the military, as an officer, you really do focus on the people, the, you know, mission first, people first. And so I think that kind of servant leadership style that we hear so much about, it really is actually rooted in the military. And so, yeah, that, that actually comes to the fore. And then I would say anything that, you know, I mentioned earlier the empathy, right? Really having a sense of true caring for your staff and understanding what they're going through. Somebody who was an A player yesterday is going to be an A player tomorrow, but right now they might need to take care of their three-year-old a little bit more than being in your you know, 6 a.m. call. And so just that empathy, servant leadership really does pull through in a crisis. Yeah. One thing I've also noticed this year, especially this year, I guess, in this time of crisis and adversity, I've noticed that those with a military background, especially those with a military leadership background, have been really calm and cool under pressure and have been great at leading with that as an attribute. When I think both, you know, in terms of our jobs and the economy and our health situation, there's lots of things that could freak us out. There's lots of things that could just make us worried about the world. And I think a level of clear-mindedness a level of calm to sort of oh. be, be objective and how we how we work through this is important and i i don't have a military background but i assume that that is part of the training and the experience is to be able to sort of maintain that level of calm and focus in crazy situations yeah i would have to agree with that but, you know resiliency is super important in a leader and here we are august still going through what we, what we all thought March, April, May would be a few months. So um, right now in particular, resiliency for a lot of people is probably at its lowest. So it's, it's even more important today that we're 
still thinking about those same issues of empathy and, and understanding, especially as we go into the fall and the light turns and the shadows come into our world. And, and uh, it will be a lot harder, I think, for people to get outside as much. We need to just um, continue to bring that empathy to the fore. I agree with that. we got just a few more minutes here with our guest today on Sales Pipeline Radio, Wendy White. She is the Chief Marketing Officer for Egencia, uh, the B2B uh, arm within the Expedia Group. And I would imagine that there are some things, Wendy, that you guys have pivoted towards and done in the last few months that clearly weren't things you'd plan on doing in January and February. And I think we've all got examples of exponential change we've been forced into, some of which are going to be with us for a while, some of which are helping to rewrite the long-term playbook of how we do business. You mentioned earlier some of the things you've been doing around education and uh, sort of engagement with your audience, with your market, with your customers in general, sort of uh, go-to-market community. Are there other examples of things that, you know, within the company as well as outside the company that you would say are surprising exponential changes that have benefited the company and that will be part of your playbook moving forward? Yeah, well, you're going to guess that companies around the globe, when you know this crisis started, um, probably discovered all kinds of gaps in their execution ability. Maybe it was automation, maybe it was video conferencing. One of the ones that might not come to mind right away is business travel, but I will guarantee there are companies all over the world that were not prepared for how they manage business travel and have discovered since that they need to rethink about it. It went from, I, I think, being a cost line on the CFO's radar, how do I manage cost and ensure ROI of my business travel, to being a risk management and employee wellness point of view right at the executive level, the C-suite with the CEO and the, the chief people officer. So we're, of course, thinking about that differently as well, because we need to pivot our sales motion to talk to those audiences about whole new value and whole new ways. You know, we think we're uniquely positioned in the business travel world to really solve those needs of these companies as they look forward and think about risk mitigation through things like travel policy management or through duty of care capabilities in our software platform, but also just that great unified experience. And so they always know where their employees are. They can trust that they are getting the right information to their employees as they're booking about things like hotel hygiene or uh, border control information right at the moment when they're planning and thinking of travel. And, and then obviously they can do the approvals that they need to do to ensure that they feel like they're having essential travel. So with that, we have pivoted and we're going harder, I think, against our competitive base that you know may not be as ready as us to help companies through this transformative period. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we go, but I think, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot written about leadership, I think, out of this period. There's going to be a lot of things we learn or new ways of doing work and sort of accelerating paths, you know, accelerating trends that may have taken longer. But I think it'll be interesting, especially in some of the more affected industries, you know, the winners and losers. I think, Paul, you probably heard me say this in the past. You think, you know, life sometimes in business is sometimes like, uh, you know, you can use a race car analogy. Like, it's great when we're on a straightaway and you can just hit the gas pedal and go as fast as possible. This year's been a curve, right? And you have to slow down going into a curve. You have to be careful about how you manage your instruments through the curve. But the most successful companies accelerate at the end of that curve. They identify when the curve is ending and they look for opportunities to accelerate. And that's where competitive differentiation is often created. And look, business travel is going to bounce back. And there are a lot of companies that are not only counting on that, investing in that, but are going to benefit from that in a variety of different industries. I think how you position yourself 
for that. And as you look for opportunities to grow, is a significant part of the long-term game and the, and the long-term success story. Business travel is absolutely going to bounce back. And Harvard just released a study last week about the important role of business travel on a nation's GDP. And we've known, I think we all know intuitively that business travel is critical. And we did a study about 18 months ago, actually also with Harvard, where we looked at companies who had very strong business travel programs relative to those who didn't. And not a surprise, companies that invested in business travel as a lever for growth had higher client retention, they had better supply chains, and they had much higher employee satisfaction and retention. So not a surprise, it's an important lever for business, not a surprise, it's an important lever for GDP. It it will come back. People have an innate human-to-human need to, to get out and see each other. We got to wrap up here in just a couple of minutes. My last question for you uh, before we have to do that, uh, Wendy White, the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer for Egencia, is you know eventually we're going to get to some kind of new normal. We're going to get to go to restaurants again. Things are going to we're going to get to go to the office again. When we get to that point, what's something that you miss that you can't wait to go back to, and what's maybe something that you don't miss that you're excited to leave in the past and not make part of your new normal? Hmm, I miss. I know it sounds silly, but I just miss like hopping on a plane. It's a silly thing. I didn't know I loved being on a plane so much, so I do miss that. In particular, I've got a big group of my team in Paris and London, so just walking out of the London office down the street to my favorite Lebanese restaurant and having a long lunch with my team, I really miss that. And I, I can't wait to do that again. What I don't miss, probably, you know, daily commute. Who misses that sitting in traffic? So I will rethink how I approach my uh, work-life balance going forward and, and probably a little bit more time from home than I did in the past. Oh, yeah. No, I think those are great answers. I miss I miss being able to go places. I miss seeing people out and about in the industry that I now get to see sometimes in Zoom and occasionally invent, you know, sources like this. But uh, And I do miss going to the office. I, I know we, we could probably, you know, I could go more often than I do today, but I, I don't know that I need to go at the same time every day that everyone else is and face the same commute. So certainly I think there's a lot of change coming for us and change for the better. But uh, thank you so much to our guest today, Wendy White, the uh, Chief Marketing Officer for Egencia, part of Expedia Group. Thank you for your insight, your candor. Thank you for your service. And uh, if you liked this episode, episode and you want to hear it again, this will be up on salespipelineradio.com in just a couple days. We've got a great set of guests coming up over the next few weeks as we wrap up August, get into September, and uh, that tree eventually is going to get a little more red on it, Paul, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But for today, thank you very much for joining us. My name is Matt Hines. On the behalf of our great producer, Paul, thank you for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been riding along on the Sales Pipeline right here in the Funnel Radio channel for at-work listeners like you. 